We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Now here's Pastor Muta. I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. I think we need to pray before this series. God, we just come to you thanking you, Lord, for just your love and kindness. Thank you for meeting us here this morning. God, I pray that you may give us your word. I pray that uh, you will transform our lives, give us something to think about that we can go and chew on all week. And Lord, as we come in just the way we are, I pray that we will lead greater. It is in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I got to ask a question. Any infomercial junkies here? Anybody who used to watch infomercials or like watching infomercials? Okay, I see one. I see another individual who likes watching. We actually have somebody who's in an infomercial here at the church. We're not going to call anybody out, Kiki. But um, we have our own uh, infomercial star here. But I used to love watching infomercials as a kid. When I was younger, I would spend hours watching infomercials as a preteen. I don't know why I was just absolutely enthralled. And Sunday mornings, instead of being in church, I'd be watching infomercials. Because that, there was like that paid program TV Sunday morning because everybody else was in church. But I'm sitting in front of the TV going, I wonder what, what, are, what can we buy? I didn't have any money, but I was always trying to convince my parents to buy me something off of the infomercials. Because infomercials made everything look amazing. It just made life look so non-stressful. It's just like, buy this one thing and your life is going to be amazing. Use this one solution and look, you never have to do dishes again. I was like, yes, me. I want that one. Mom, I need this for me. I mean, infomercials really, really uh, help you see that, you know what? Your life is garbage without that thing that they have on TV. So uh, I feel like sometimes... Though Christianity is sold like an infomercial. Like infomercial uh, Christianity is that uh, infomercial where somebody comes up like, before Jesus, I sucked. But now, my breath doesn't stink in the morning. I am totally perfect. Everything around me is great. Nothing is wrong. And everything that I do, it's all health, wealth, and palm trees. I skip through the lilies and live life so perfectly. I wish you could be like me. You know, the real deal, though, about Christianity is the same people that you couldn't stand before you became a Christian, they probably haven't changed. And you can't stand them now either. Let's be honest, right? They sucked before, and they still suck. They still get on your nerves. That person, that coworker, still gets on your nerves. You know, it's, it's also like, kind of like temptation, right? We thought when we became a Christian, all of a sudden temptation would just go away. Anything that I struggled with, anything that I battled with, all of a sudden would just magically disappear and my life would be so much easier. But the reality about Christianity is Christianity, you're like in this in-between space. You are saved. Everything is right between you and God, but you still have to live in a messed up world. Everything is great on the inside, but you're still working out these kinks of learned living after all these years. 
It's like those learned habits. You know, somebody who smoked for a lot of years, when they sit down and they see a piece of paper, you see them rolling it up and putting it up to their mouth. They don't smoke anymore, but it's a learned habit. It's something they've got a piece of it. They've got pens in their mouth constantly, right? It's, it's changed on the inside, but yet there's habits that you got to get rid of. And, and so sometimes we get so hard on ourselves about the temptations that are around us. And I remember um, hanging out with some people, you know, a, a few years back. And, you know, I did this a whole lot more where I connected with guys on a, on a daily basis, especially when we're planting the church, when we're just getting started in the ground up in the early phases. And you're connecting with people. And, you know, guys, you, you, you get together and we're having coffee one day. And he's like, you know, I got to tell you about something. I'm like, oh, yeah? What's going on? I'm struggling. Okay, okay. What's up? Tell, tell me more. Well, I've got this thing that just that bothers me all the time. Okay, what's happening? I struggle with porn. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, okay. And? Yeah, but, um, you know, I fell last night. Okay. All right. You know, and then they start going into this, this, this story of how broken they are. And it came from probably their father and their uncles and, and everybody. They were exposed to this all this time. And can we just be real? We're family, right? If this is your first time here, just consider yourself family. You're, you're part. You're here now. Welcome home. We just, we're, we're pretty authentic here. So he's saying all those things. He's just like, man, I mean, you wouldn't understand. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Well, I mean, I, you just, you know, you're a pastor. And I'm like, yeah, I struggle too. What? A pastor? Struggles? Like, I struggle? Like, uh, yeah, last time I knew I was a dude. You know? And they, they're beating up themselves over and over. And I'm just like, you know what? Uh, let me give you some encouragement. And maybe somebody in here needs to hear this encouragement as well. Uh, te- temptation is, is rough and temptation is hard. But I believe that temptation proves that your ticker's still working. Temptation, let me take it a step further. I believe that temptation is proof that God is working within you. Because remember when you didn't deal with temptation, when you were stuck in your ways and you just did. You didn't think about it. You know, that, that, that night that you would get your buddies together, like, man, we're going to get tonight. And you just got smashed face drunk and didn't think twice about it. Or, or, or the nights you find yourself sleeping around and you're waking up in somebody else's bed and you're like, how did I get here? But you're not really thinking about it. But now the fact that that stuff is like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I don't want to be in this. I don't want to put myself in this situation where that constant starts flipping inside of you. I believe that is proof that God is with you. God is working inside of you, and this is what I want to encourage everybody here. You've got to trust the process. You've got to trust the process. God is working within us. The reason that we recognize that our brokenness, the reason that we recognize that, hey, maybe I cuss a little, maybe somebody cusses a lot. 
and you know that about yourself and you're willing to admit it and feel some sort of way about it, maybe that's evidence that God is actually working on your heart and you're actually going the right direction. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. We're going to be in here uh, today. We're talking through this text by a guy named Paul. He was uh, one of the greatest writers of the Bible, one of the greatest uh, theologians, somebody who we really look, look at and who shaped Christianity as a whole. He says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. He says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. See, if you know anything about this guy named Paul, Paul back in the day, he, when he first became a Christian, he was kind of big-headed. He kind of thought a lot about himself. He was just like, you know, my name is Paul. I've been educated by the best schools. I've been to Princeton, Harvard, Yale, and Cambridge. I studied the philosophy of philosophy. I'm smarter than you. I've planted more churches than you. I've been in more spaces than you. He starts out like that, and then the deeper he gets into his faith, he's like, I am least of the apostles. I am the sinner. Of, I am the chief of sinners. In fact, in one text, he says this in Romans 7:15, and we got it on the screen. It says, for I do not understand my own actions. I do not, for I do, not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. This is him as a Christian now acknowledging the fact, like, I'm not perfect. And he goes on in that text. He says, oh, what wretched man that I am. Who is going to save me from this body of death? This is a Christian. This is the foremost amazing writer in the Bible who has shaped theology for many of us. The reality is temptation is a part of life. Temptation is just the fact that you are alive and you're living in this world. But listen what it says. No temptation has overtaken you. Point number one. Temptation isn't optional. It overtakes us. You ever been driving down the road and everything is going great? You're, you're, you're rushing to work or you're moving at a great pace. And then that person turns in front of you and just crawls. We call that temptation. It just kind of gets in your way. Things were going really well. Things were going great. I was working late at night on my computer, and all of a sudden, that image pops up out of nowhere. That thought comes up out of nowhere. I'm sitting down with my boyfriend or girlfriend, and everything is all good, and then they slightly brush me a certain way, and all of a sudden, these thoughts and these emotions and these feelings start coming up. Temptation is an optional, it overtakes us, and there's three sources of temptation, really. Uh, the first temptation is the fact that we are just fallen in nature. You know, one of the writers of the Bible says, for I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity, meaning, hey, when I came out of my mother's womb, I was bent on sin. I wanted to do what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. Anybody want to admit that's how we live life at some point in our life? I just want to do me. And even as a Christian, there's some times where, like, I just want to do me. God, this is hard. Another uh, reason for, uh, for temptation is the sin that, uh, that lives in this world, the evil that's in this world. Uh, we do believe that there is 
such a being called Satan and Lucifer who wants to destroy humanity, uh, who hates God so much. And so he's going to do everything to destroy God's crown possession, who's humanity. He's jealous of us. He's jealous of the relationship that we have. So he's going to throw everything in our way to tempt us. And another reason, another source of temptation is simply the fallen world that we live in. It's broken. It's messed up. Uh, We live in a world that is chock full of images and, and, and thought processes that are bound to keep us chained up, keep us tempted, keep us always teetering on this, man, should I, should I not? You know, um, when Christine and I often go to Chicago, I'll either be flying out of Chicago, we hung, hang out in Chicago or not. And as you're driving to Chicago, I don't know if it's just me, but have you seen how many bil- illicit billboards they are? I mean, like every two miles, there's a billboard for some club, some gentleman's club. And it's not even as simple as that. Have you watched the commercials on TV for shampoo? Let's be honest, they're not selling shampoo to women. When they've got that woman in that shower ooing and eyeing, who are they selling that shampoo to? Temptation. It's all around us. And and this this word here uh, about temptation, no temptation, it comes from this word uh, called lust that that we've heard about. And a lot of times we think of lust in a sexual connotation, but lust is more than that. Lust is anything that you desire more than God. Anything that just you have this craving. For some of us, we laugh, uh, lust after food. Some of us, we lust after leisure. We're just lazy. I don't want to do anything. Some of us, we lust after this and that. But here goes the reality is we don't get to pick our lust. Our lust pick us. When's the last time you woke up in the morning and said, God, I want to be tempted with this because I know I can withstand that? We don't get up in the morning dictating what we're going to lust after. We don't get to pick our temptation. Temptations pick us. And for the, let me talk to the Christian in here, maybe even the non-Christian, but mostly for a lot of Christians. That's why we got to stop judging people for their temptation. We've got to stop judging people from their lust as if they woke up in the morning and picked that lust. I'm going to be bent on alcoholism. I'm going to be bent on uh, sex. I'm going to be bent on drugs. I'm going to be bent on lying. Like, no one got up and said, this is what I'm going to do. Because if we're truthful, we're going to peel back the layers of some of our lives, and some of our lives look like candidates for Jerry Springer. Some of us, our lifestyle should be on Jersey Shore, if we're really honest. Temptation isn't optional. It overtakes us. But here goes uh, the next part of it. It says, that is not common to man. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Point number two, temptation is normal. Temptation is normal. 
See, me, me and my buddies, you know, or, or me and my wife, or we, we talk about the days where we didn't have uh, smartphones. We didn't even have cell phones. I remember the day when we got the first computer in our house. I remember when the day when the schools got computers in there, and it was all green, and uh, the, the little, it was like black screen, and the only game that you had had this little snake that went all around on your cell phone. And it's just like, man, things were so much easier back then. Our kids just have so much temptation. I mean, they can jump on their cell phone. They can jump on an iPad. They can jump on their computer and have all this in front of them. And, oh, my gosh, there's so much access. Things were so much better back in the day. Nope. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Shoot, in some phases, uh, back in the olden days, it was probably even worse. Things were the same in 1967. They just didn't have cameras. We didn't have camera phones to capture people doing stuff. They didn't have cameras in, in, in the store where they, you went in there and stole the magazine. Nothing is new under the sun. Temptation is normal. And here goes the thing is, your temptation, your thing Is you're not an anomaly. Your thing is not just you dealing with it. If we're honest right here, if we peel back the layers, that thing that you're dealing with right now, the temptation that easily gets you, the thing that draws you, I guarantee you there's somebody in your row that's dealing with the same thing. Don't look at them. Don't nudge anyone. Just look here. Let's just look forward. Let's be honest, uh, people around us are dealing with the exact same thing. You are not an anomaly, and you don't have to think you're special. I'm the only one who deals with this thing. I'm the only one who struggles. Do you know why? Because that's a way for you to end up starting to hide it and coddle it. And we know where mold grows in the dark. Uh, We know where, where things happen. That's why back in the day they had the song, The Freaks Come Out at Night. Because when we're hiding these things and we're coddling these things, we begin to allow them to take us over. I saw this quote online. You know, uh, first of all, in Scripture it tells us, confess your sins one to another. There's something that diffuses temptation. There's something that diffuses the sins and strongholds in our life when we just share it with somebody else. Let let me be real with you. This is what I'm struggling with. Can you hold me accountable? Can you pray for me? Can you be that person I call when I'm struggling with this? I, I saw this quote online. It's just, it's funny how God just works and brings things about as you're preparing for messages, whatever. This quote says this, Don't be ashamed of your scars or don't be ashamed of your temptations. They prove to wounded people that healing is real. You know, and that's why it's it's so easy for us to become Christians and then act like we didn't do anything ever. I've been perfect since birth. What are you talking about? I'm a saint. The Bible doesn't call me a sinner anymore. I'm a saint. And we forget the times when we struggled and we were tempted and we fell over and over again. Let me free you today. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times but gets up again. But he was righteous when he fell. 
The sin is in the holding on to that thing. Being tempted, Jesus was tempted. Jesus spent 40 days without food. And the enemy comes to him and he says, hey, turn this rock into bread. Prove that you're the son of man. He spent 40 days hungry and was tempted. Uh, like we said last week, he spent three days in the grave and came out. and was like, God, I need food. Temptation is normal. Point number three. Temptation proves who can be trusted. It says no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. But guess what? God is faithful. God is faithful. And, and check this out. Uh, verse 12, the one right before that says, Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. See, religion is all about self-discipline. I can do this by myself. I don't need to call anybody. I don't need to have a buddy, uh, accountability partner. I don't need to be in regroups. I can do life by myself. Religion says, I don't need you to help me grow in my faith. I don't even need to listen to my pastor. Well, he said this. Well, I don't like it. I don't feel that way. Because God spoke to me. And I can do life on my own. Religion is, is all about your ability and your strengths, and you get to the point where you come up and you say, God, I don't need you anymore. I'm good. God, stay on your throne. I got this. I got this life. I'm good. And the sad part of it is, is there's actually religious philosophies and religious teachings that teach this. You can do it all by yourself. Just muster up enough energy. Muster up enough good thoughts. Meditate on the right things, and you'll be able to make it on your own. You can stand on your own two feet. In fact, there's certain religious teachings. In fact, part of my background, there was this weird religious teaching that says there was going to come a point in life where the Holy Spirit was going to be withdrawn from earth, and we would be able to stand on our own without an intercessor. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Satan wants to isolate you. He wants to have you by yourself. He wants you to make you think you can do it by yourself. He wants you to say, I've got it on my own. I don't need you. I don't need church. I don't need anybody else to tell me how to live my life. I can do this thing. But God is faithful. Because we're faithless. Let's just be really honest. We are consistently inconsistent. Let's be real, right? When we, um, when we work out and we get on all these health plans and we're saying, like, you know, I'm going to do, he- he- do this workout and I'm going to get a part of this gym, and then you get those cheat dates. You know why cheat dates are there? Because we're inconsistent. Because yeah. yeah. the trainers know you're inconsistent and you're going to fall anyway, so I'm just going to give you permission to fall. But God is faithful. Here goes a newsflash. Temptation proves who can be trusted. And here goes the deal. Spoiler alert. The trustworthy person is not you. It's God. It's his faithfulness. That's who we lean on. I don't have to trust myself. I can trust the faithfulness of God because with every temptation, there's always a way out. 
Let me not get ahead of myself, but here goes the deal. At the end of the day, I know that Jesus Christ is faithful, and when he went to the cross, he died for my sins, he died for my temptations, he died for my sinful desires, so I don't have to lean on myself. I can just lean on him. When temptation comes, all I got to say is, Jesus, here you go. I'm battling with this. Take this from me. I'm going to trust you because I can't trust myself. When that person asked me to come over, you know what? I want to come over, but I don't trust myself. I'm not even going to try to say, I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to keep it together. I will sit on opposite sides of the couch. When you're hanging out with those friends and saying, yeah, no, you know what? I'm just, I- I'm going to be cool. You know, like, uh, I-, I really struggle with, uh, with addiction and all this type of stuff. But, you know, maybe if I just hang out with them, maybe if I just sit at the bar with them, it'll be all good. We have to know ourselves. I didn't say there's anything wrong with drinking. I'm just saying. We've got to know our own limits. I don't have to trust myself. I can trust the faithfulness of God. Uh, uh, And he goes on. He says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Point number four, temptation has limits. Somebody should shout on that one. Temptation has limits. So I, I used to, um, back in the day, babe, remember my Red Ford Probe? GT, rimmed up, lowered. That thing was sweet. Leather interior on the inside. She raced that puppy. I my girl. The first time we hung out, she was in the backseat of my car, riding with her homegirl. I picked them up from her apartment. She hurt her foot on a brick that I have in the back, but that's another story. Um... But I had this probe, and we used to take it racing all the time. And I was part of this is the Fast and the Furious generation. And we used to go to the strip up in Osceola and go race cars. And it was so fun. It was so great. But I remember when I first got my probe, and I put it on the highway. I'm like, let me see how fast this thing can go. It had like 160 or 180 on the dash. And I'm like, I'm going to push it all the way. It's so funny. I got to like 130, and all of a sudden, it was like, boom. And it came all the way back down to like 70. I was like, what the heck just happened? So I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So I hit the gas again, and I was going, going, and all of a sudden, it hit like 120, 130, and then, boom, it came right back down. I didn't know that cars had this thing called a limiter, a governor. It keeps you from going even further than what the car says you can go. It keeps you from going further no matter how much you put the gas to the metal to the pedal. Or pedal to the metal. It keeps you from going further than you thought. And isn't that awesome that we serve a God who's put a limit on the devil from what he can tempt you? Yeah, I'm going to let you do a little bit like this, but you're not going to go beyond this point. I know what my child can handle. In fact, there's, this, uh, there's a book in the Bible called uh, Job, and this guy uh, is, is living his life, and everything is all great, and, and Satan shows up in heaven, and he's walking through the heavenly courts, and, and God is like, hey, Satan, where you been? Walking to and fro on the earth. And then God says the most crazy thing in the world, have you considered my servant Job? How awesome he is. How perfect he is. Satan is like, he's only awesome because you won't let anything happen to him. And God says, listen, go ahead and touch him, but don't take his life. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that puts a limit on the things that are going to come and try to destroy us? 
No weapon formed against me will prosper. In all things, I have victory. In Jesus Christ, he is my victory. Temptation has its limits, and and have you ever thought maybe the next time you're in a situation when temptation is coming your way, you just think, God's bragging on me right now because I don't have to fall. God's got this. He wouldn't allow this to happen unless he knew that I can eventually beat it. So I can just rely on him. I don't have to get all up on myself. I don't have to beat myself up. If I make a mistake, just say, God, you gave me this thing because I know you know I can beat it through Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to trust you. I'm not going to trust my faithfulness. I'm going to trust you. Let's get through this thing. Point number five, temptation is for your growth. You can't grow until you reach your point of your ability. I have a buddy that I used to work out with. Believe it or not, there was one point in my life where I was a gym rat, and I was, like, in the gym all the time. I was, like, Dr. Diesel. I was, you know, I was doing my thing. I've deflated since then. But we're not going to talk about that again. I, I like to eat a lot. And so um, I, I used to be in the gym all the time, 530 in the morning, and I had a friend of mine. He was, like, half Kazakhstan and half Russian. It was a, a very interesting makeup. But he had this Russian accent. And every time we would work out together, he would always be like, dude, you can do it, man. I sounded more Mexican than anything, but I'm sorry. That was my best Russian accent. But he was constantly pushing me, and he always said, dude, you can do it. You can keep going. Keep working hard. It's making you strong. I'm like, dude, I can't do one more rep. He's like, man, you can do it. You just, just keep pushing. You got it in you. And don't you love it when you see texts like this in James, James 2, 1, 2, and 4. It says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of all various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. These are all training grounds. Your temptations are training grounds for you to overcome. It's an opportunity for you to lean on God and trust God, the, 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 the chief trainer. God is the best trainer. So when you're dealing with the temptation, oh my God, God, I don't know, I can't do it. He's like, shut up, do one more rep. You got it. Keep pushing. It's making you stronger. You will overcome. Just trust me. And then he goes on to say, but with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. Temptation, point number six, comes with the way out. Anybody like watching like the 007 movies? James Bond, I see somebody just shook their head. James Bond, I'm telling you, that's my dude. And it's so crazy, like James Bond always got himself in situations where he was trapped. And you're sitting, he's sitting there behind some desk or something. He's got his gun out and he's looking around and he's like just surrounded. And then out of nowhere, he sees this like point of escape where he can get out. And the whole time you're like, oh, James, James Bond is dying. He's gone. But he finds his way out. And what this is telling us here, he says, but with every temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. It's kind of like it's this imagery of an army trapped in a rugged country. They're stuck in a place where they're surrounded by enemy forces. All hope is lost. They feel like this is over. And for some of us, when we are in our temptation, when we are in that sin, when we're in that place of brokenness, we sit there and we wallow in self-pity thinking there is no way out. I don't know how to get out of this. God, I've fallen again. God, I did it again. I thought you said you would provide a way out, but I fell again. 
I made that mistake again. And he's saying, if, if you trust God, they're, they're, they're in this enemy country, and then out of nowhere, this way of escape comes through. See, the way out is there. Sometimes we just have to stand still enough to know that it's there, to be able to see it. See, I, I love this quote. It says, the way out is an escape. The way out is not an escape. It's a place for faith to stay in the fight. The way out all the time is not this just place to escape. It's, 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 this, play, it's this, this, this faith to stay in the fight, to know God is in control. And so maybe, maybe we need to stop being so frazzled when we find ourselves in these situations and stop looking for the way out. Because isn't that true? A lot of times when you're frazzled and you're trying to do things, you can't see what's right there. Instead of looking for a way out, can we start looking for the way up? And start looking at Jesus and saying, I'm faithless. I know I suck. Can you take over? Because I know you can do this. There's a text that says, stand still and know that I am God. Stand still and know that he is God. With every temptation, there is a way out. Sometimes we've got to stand still enough so God can show us that you may be able to endure it. Point number seven, temptation has to be endured. It has to be endured. The beauty about it is you don't have to trust yourself, but you can trust him. But there's also this, this, this lovely synergy of, uh, of if human ability and God's ability. Human's faith and God's faithfulness. We're able to come to him and say, God, I'm in this situation. Can you, can, can you help a brother out? Can you help a sister out? So that you may be able to endure temptation. You've got to get through it. He dumps you. You don't have to call the rebound guy. Netflix and chill. And I'll be honest with you, you better chill out. That's how my first child was born. I'm just being real. Authenticity is the only requirement. Hey, we're real here. Don't you, maybe somebody here with me, I need to go back to that one church where pastors lie to us. <laughs> and they act like they're perfect. You get depressed, and you go back on the bottle, you end up back in the bar, porn, anger, I think it's time for us to invest in a new economy. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. As far as the east is from the west, so far removed our ways from his ways. Stop looking for a way out and start looking for a way up. Temptation has to be endured. Yeah, we can no golf clap on that one. See, infomercials deal with the point of urgency. And that's what the enemy wants to do to you. Not all infomercials are bad, especially the ones Pete uses. They're great. But other infomercials deal with the sense of urgency. And that's what the enemy wants to do to us. 
He wants to get us frazzled and thinking we're the only ones dealing with this and I've got to fix it on my own and I, I've got to try and I've got to try harder and I've got to white knuckle it and, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. But enduring looks on, like waiting on God. Saying, God, I'm going to trust the process. And really that's the bottom line. Here goes the truth about temptation. Trust the process. Trust the process. Listen, at the end of the day, you didn't choose it. It chose you. You're not the only one who's dealing with is perfectly normal. Don't get on the pity party because God is faithful. And he will make a way out. God has provided a way out. So endure. Endure, brothers and sisters. Endure. We've got to trust the process. I love this text, Philippians 1.6. Paul, the same writer, says, For I'm sure of this, the good work that God has begun within you, he will be sure to accomplish in the day of Jesus Christ our Lord. Trust the process. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you sent Jesus to battle and to overcome extreme temptation so we can overcome normal temptation. We thank you that he is our victory. We thank you that he is our way out. And I pray, God, that as we are struggling in these places of temptation, God, we will look for the way up, that we'll lean on you, that we will trust that you are faithful, In the times where we do fall, I pray, God, that we'll remember the text that says uh, that a righteous man will fall seven times, but they will get back up again. We won't stay where we are, but we will get up, even if we've got to get up again tomorrow and get up again on Tuesday and get up again on Wednesday and get up again on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. Help us get up. Amen. Yes. Allow us to trust the process. Yes. And God, if there's somebody in here, Lord, who is not been trusting the process. They've been trying to do life on their own. They've been trying to push on their own. They've been trying to make things work on their own. I pray, God, that today may be the day that they surrender to you. Jesus took on death, pain, ridicule, punishment, temptation, so that they can live in the freedom of being able to overcome all these things. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.